here we go. I'm recording. Just so you know, so that there's consent on both sides, um, I am recording, and you have been duly informed. And we begin now. Controversy abounds in the Goliverse with Hmgate. My good name has been smeared across the interwebs and even the airwaves. We're going to hash it out tonight and have a good time on your safe place to geek out. Welcome once again to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to have you along with us as we are going to... This is going to be uh, either... It's going to go down in the history of Geek Out Loud, the Geek Out Loud annals, if you will, as uh, either one of the greatest episodes of all time or one of the worst. I don't know that there's middle ground for this episode, but I do know that if it's not good, it won't be because of the lack of talent we have on this show, uh, on this episode. There was once a great man who said that he could do a show with half his brain tied behind his back, and uh, in his footsteps walks another broadcasting giant, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm proud to call him my friend, so far, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him in here. And now, the duly elected commissioner of talk radio in Glen County, the most listened to man in South Georgia radio, Scott Riffin. Half his brain tied behind his back. Didn't Rush say that? What did he say? No, he did, but I'm just... I'm thinking, did you just call me a halfwit? No, 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 no. I was okay. saying I was saying that he had such great talent, and I put you up there right alongside him with the talent you have, good sir. I'm saying nice things about you is what I'm trying to do, Scott. Okay, here's weirdness. I'm hearing, I'm hearing this. You're, I'm hearing it in my headphones. Well, great. Then you need to turn down oh, your Mixler volume. Okay, never mind. Turn down your Mixler. Hey, I need you to turn down your radio. You know, I've got a new, I've got a new board. Right, yeah. My wife got me a, uh, the Roadcaster Pro. Yes. For my birthday. And, and uh, it's, I'm, 
there's still a couple of things that I'm not real cool on. I don't yeah. really know everything. So, well, I tell you what, um, you're you're a professional broadcaster who forgot to turn down your radio. Basically, is what happened just then. <laughs> well, because I'm usually on the other end of the radio. That's true. Usually, you're the one telling people to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to do it. Are you crazy? Well, I don't have to turn down my radio. I'm actually no. talking on the radio. That's right. <laughs> How many times do you, now listen it's yeah. I say that jokingly do you have to do that a lot during the week tell people to turn down the radio I used to have to do it a lot I don't really have to do it a lot anymore do cuz people people finally get it okay yeah um it, 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 you know it took time but it, it eventually they just okay yeah but the, the, you know what the biggest thing is it's the 15 sec I've got 15 second delay mm mm-hmm. mhm that's, Which is awesome because Lauren, the guy who did the show before me, right. he had no delay. Okay. And then when I came on, my boss was like, "We're going to get him a delay." <laughs> what, is, what is that? We're going to get Scott. Yeah. We got you a nice shiny delay. We're going to yeah, throw exactly. it. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, like, they got it, and then they were like, "Okay, here's your here's your delay. It's a seven second delay." And then I did the show for several months, and they're like, "We're going to crank that up to fifteen seconds if you don't mind." Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Is that why when you're streaming, it'll cut to commercial a little early? Yes. Okay. That is that's exactly why because the the computer is programmed to offset for the delay, mm-hmm. but the way they structure the it's dumb. But the way they structure some of the commercial breaks, not all of them, but some of them, uh, the the outro music starts inside the commercial break. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why that happens. Yeah. Well, inside baseball there. Yeah, indeed. Sorry, everybody. We're right out, right off the gates. We are, we're going down a road that like, everyone's like, what are we on? Are we geeking out about radio broadcasting? Is that what's happening here? Well, yes, we are. In fact, broadcasting is what brings us here today. Um, listen, Scott, I just, I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, well, no, let me get this out of the way first. I'm I'm rolling through some different options in my head. Number one, okay. I want to say thank you to everyone who supports us through downloading the show and, and listening live at Mixler.com slash Goliverse. we got a good little crowd in there tonight. The old uh, Mixler Zoo crew is in effect, and we appreciate you guys being here. Also, everyone who supports us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash GeekOutLoud, thank you so much your support and if you're in a position to help the show out over there please do so and uh, we'd appreciate it the email is geekoutonline at gmail.com geekoutonline at gmail.com i'm going to need you to 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 sound off on what we're about to talk about here today ladies and gentlemen because i listen the good name of steve glosson doesn't need any more help to besmirch it i i besmirch my own good name on a regular basis and uh but apparently over the past hey, hey i don't mean to interrupt your flow counselor that's fine but i'm seeing a lot of complaints about my sound quality and let me let me explain if i can really quickly um because i do have a i have a fine but you see my mic my, my mic is spectacular that's right uh my equipment is spectacular but um last fall my mother-in-law moved into the house with us yeah and I was forced to completely empty my home office, which which was very well baffled by the sheer volume of Star Wars books. In fact, uh, when I had to move everything out of here and put it all in storage, I had 49 boxes, large, large boxes of just Star Wars books alone, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to everything else. And it all went into storage. And about uh, three or four months ago, she finally moved out. Nice. And 
basically the room completely empty and I'm, I've slowly been allowed by my wife to put things back in here, but she's like, it's not going back like it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but what's it going to go back? Well, I don't know, but we're not going to do anything in there until we have, you know, everything set the way we're going to do it. So I'm basically, I'm in a giant, not giant, but I'm in a big empty room. And so there's just, there's nothing to take the, the echo off of everything. And that's, I mean, I'm literally just about to eat the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part um, of it, so. part of it is the EQ and the compression coming through Skype as well. Um, mm. Like, like when we started out, uh, the, the low was really heavy. So I'd cut your low back. And, um, and then as you made some changes and everything, you started to sound a little tinny. So I had to pull. So I've got the high end and, and really the mids all the way down just to kind of get some of that tinniness out. Mm. Um, and, uh, and you're coming through a little bit better now. So wait a minute, let me, let me say, mm. Mm. okay. I, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh mm is what brings us together today. Yes. Okay. So, uh, the, the, the date was November 2nd, November 3rd, roughly two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an opportunity to be with Riley Blanton on the Star Wars Report as he is doing his farewell tour, as you've put it, Scott, and I think that's an apt description of what's happening there over at the Star Wars Report as Riley mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, getting into the situation of real life and real career. He's under, he's realizing some of the things he's going to have to kind of let go, and one of those is the Star Wars Report. And he was kind enough to have me on, and uh, I'll be honest with you. I was in a mindset where I wanted to do a really good job for Riley. I, I didn't want to go on and and derail and be silly and, and be a disappointment. And so we were having a discussion really about kind of the state of Star Wars. We'd started off air, as you often do with things, and so we just kind of brought it to the podcast. And I was I was trying to weave, you know, thread the needle, if you will, between not raining on people's parade, but also still trying to, you know, get my viewpoints out about what's been done. Now, and this was before, Scott, the 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 news of Patty Jenkins no longer being on, on Rogue Squadron, which, will, mm-hmm. I, which I, I think is going to merit some discussion later on. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a few things, and, and I think the point I was making was, you know, everyone's had to learn how to do Star Wars corporately. Uh, from from the fans to even the people creating it. And so this, I'm going to play some audio here. I, I've not gotten permission from Riley Blanton, and so if, if we get the cease and desist letter from him, I'll just edit this out later. Uh, I'm going to go the ask forgiveness rather than permission route. This is from about the 13 minute 50 second mark in the November 3rd, 2021 edition of the Star Wars Report. And uh, it'd be number 479 if you're keeping score at home. And uh, and Scott's name was mentioned here in the mm-hmm. next few seconds, and Scott's Scott's testimony to the world. He's gone on Rule the Galaxy. He's gone on his own very mm-hmm. radio, his very own radio Audience show. Is, he is has more and oh, more involved. Sorry, he has he has gone everywhere that anyone will hear him. And he would say that when his name was mentioned and the point was made, all Steve said was Scott. Mm. All right. And I'm here to tell you that is not true. Here we are, Exhibit A, Your Honor. I guess that okay. that would be me. This is uh, Star Wars Report. Uh, Scott Reif and I were talking about this uh, last week on the on the show when he was when he was on, and it's it is There's so difficult right to when you have not hold just a virtual fandom. That's hold passionate. on, hold on, no, 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 no. 
You, that was it. That was me acknowledging that I know of what Riley speaks, but now let's get mm. to the point here. That is, have it opinions, is such a, they are, such they are a, very a noncommittal, no, no, low-T. He hasn't even, no, sir. Acknowledgement of now my listen, existence. Now listen, listen, because of my weight, I'm sure that low-T <laughs> plays a factor in a lot of what goes on. <laughs> but but that's neither here nor there. You've got to let him get through the whole, I wasn't going to interrupt him. <laughs> But Here's listen, listen, hold on, wait. No, wait. let me play to the end of the clip. Let's feel that. Let's get the full context, oh, yeah. sir. Here we go. Much right. like the, the creator, the creators are so accessible, more so than they've ever been. Right. Uh, right. And and yeah. so like and and you you watch the behind the scenes of the Last Jedi, and you see Ryan Johnson like in boardroom meetings scrolling through Twitter, saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, look what they're saying about this now." And I, and, and and that's got to make it really difficult to kind of maintain an integrity of as a storyteller. Yeah. Well, you know what? And here's the thing. Yeah. I, there's also this idea of. All right. Now look, I <laughs> Riley is talking. He says Scott Ryan was on last week, and I go, hmm. Now yeah. listen, because no, of the Skype, you know, mm. because okay, I'm going to submit to you because of the Skype compression. You hear, hmm. But then I let Riley finish what he was saying about the discussion mm-hmm. you guys were having, and my response was right, right, and such and such, and go and I will go on to expound upon the point and springboard off of what you guys had spoken about, and and continue on the discussion. Now, I will confess to the court what I did not do is stop everything and do mm-hmm. the Scott Rifen impersonation, take a little <laughs> dig at Scott. I did not I also did not talk about how great Scott is and everything because unlike unlike what Scott did on uh so graciously by the way. Uh-oh, Skype has cut us off. What is going on here? I don't know what happened. Scott, you with me? Scott got cut off. Let me try to call him back here. Weird. He froze up. You lost me. Yeah, I did lose you. You froze up and 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 you were gone. I, it's almost like you realize, oh my gosh, he's making a great point. No, I thought you were. I thought you were hanging yourself here. No, not at all. What I didn't do was was immediately stop the podcast and talk about how great Scott Rifen is, or or let someone else talk about how great Scott Rifen is and be like, well, I'm not saying that, which is what happened on, on rule the galaxy. (laughs) In my attempt to try to not derail Riley's podcast, I acknowledged the point was being made. I agreed with the point that was being made. And I went on in the conversation to continue on springboarding off that point that you and he had spoken of and and move forward in the conversation. But I did not simply just leave it at, hmm. Is it it my turn yet? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead on that particular one. Why am I echoing now that I'm back? I have no idea. That's probably Skype. Yeah, it probably is. Okay, so... When I hear this thing, and I hear and I hear him reference me, and it's almost like you're going the, the mm, I'm hearing. And let, let's play that clip again. Let me let me play. The oh, clip. okay. You're going to play the clip now. I'm going to play the clip. All right. Because because this is the important part. And see, you're you're throwing an extra audio to to kind of circumvent the truth here. Mm, uh, no, I do. I'm not. Have I am not a truth circumventer, sir. Of, of your sheer dismissiveness of my existence. There's not a dismissiveness there. All right. Check this out. Scott Reif and I were talking about this uh, last week. Are you hearing that okay? Yeah. There it is. There it is. Right there. Scott Reif and I were talking about this uh, last week on the the show when he was Mm. 
Now, if I could go, that's exhibit A. Now, exhibit B, I've isolated them. Mm. Now, wait a minute. Okay, go ahead. And this is, this is, I want you to hear this. And if this is not dismissiveness, I don't know what is dismissiveness, Steve Glosson. Okay. You ready? Yes. Did you hear that? <laughs> All right. Now, now, mm-hmm. now, now, let me come back over the fence with this, sir. Okay. Listen, don't you climb into the pool with the shark, son, because you're going to get bit. <laughs> Exhibit number B. Mm-hmm. We it has oh, long mm. it has long thank you. It has long been established that Riley Blanton, God bless his heart, does ne- never has had the best internet in the world. It is also established that Skype is very bad about compressing audio and 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 drowning out other audio when someone mm. else is speaking. So what I said was mm-hmm, like that, and it only mm. caught the smallest bit of the hmm like that. I would believe that, Steve Glosson. Well, you should believe that. It happened once. Okay. No. Now I'm. I'm going to. Now we have to go to Exhibit C. (laughs) Yes, or whatever is it? it C now because I did say B as Riley's hot as I did. (laughs) I did appeal to Riley's poor internet quality. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I don't know if I'm quite at the timestamp. It's hard to. But here we go. I've got it. If you need it, I've got it on a button. Here we go. Let's just let's. I know you're showing off your fancy roadcaster. (laughs) Here we go. Kicker right there. This is corporate Star Wars. Mm. This this movie was Even meant Riley, to be mm, as you got safe him out of it. as possible <laughs> to to try to draw back fans that were lost from the second film. Yeah, I, it it kind of lived up to the promise of these incredible. Now, he's about to start talking about really, the trailer, you know, for the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. yeah returned to the core nostalgia of, of the original trilogy really yeah. and and, they, and it those trailers promised a lot but i, I still remember like we did um we we're doing a live uh, a live stream reaction to the rise of skywalker trailer release and and uh scott um scott Rifen was on with us and i i just to me i was blown away i loved it but it kind of in the same way it didn't really sink in in the same way as i'm sure it did for scott an original trilogy guy and he's so moved all right, now, and what happens there is I don't respond because Riley is continuing to speak, and so I do not interrupt him because, again, I was trying to behave on Riley's farewell tour, which, you know what, here's what I recognized after the fact. I felt really bad because I'm like, you know what, I was completely boring for Riley on this show. I, no. sh- I should have really spoken up and derailed in places. I should have. I was kicking myself for not doing the Scott Rifen in person, bad Scott Rifen impersonation <laughs> and stuff. But there, I let him continue on to make his point, and by the time he got through talking, there I, I couldn't circle back and be like, "Well, let me tell you how great Scott Rifen is." Well, and, now, now there. See again, you're 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 operating under the false premise that I'm upset that you didn't stop everything to tell everybody how great I am. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me, but Scott. I don't, I don't need well, I'm, and I'm sure that through the processing, that you know, people have to genuflect in front of Steve. Oh, I'm sure that 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 makes sense to you. Listen, but to me, it was it was an acknowledgement that, that you and I are friends. I think we are friends. We, yes. we 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 are in contact almost every day, continuously. And you know, I think there's great love for each other in this whole in, thing. The, yes, uh, and so. Like if somebody were to mention you, well, somebody will mention, you know, for some reason, your name comes up every time I'm on somebody else's podcast, which you ought to feel good about. Uh, well, I, I do. I like how our wagons are kind of hitched to each other in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. 
But it, but I would say, you know, if somebody mentioned, uh, I would react more pleasantly to your opinion and say, oh yes, well that's that could be an interesting opinion. But I wouldn't be just totally dismissive of what you had to say. I did. I wasn't dismissive. I was like, right, right. And then I sprungboard <laughs> off of that and went on to something else. The second time around, he was just giving an anecdote that you were there and you mm -hmm. were moved by that music, and he continued on further into the discussion, and and he. And he kept going, and so there was nothing really to circle back to once he in the in the process of the way conversation works. So, so, and the other thing too is, if you have something to say on a podcast, I like to listen to what you have to say. I'm interested in what because I think you say things that are interesting. Well, thank you. And and uh, I think you make great observations. Well, I appreciate that. But then when he goes, "Hey, Scott had a great observation," you get, mm. I, "That was not so, no, that was." <laughs> No, what you got after the observation was spoken, it was right, right. And then continuing on to that, because Scott does make great observations. I have said this many times that you are a, you are a go-to individual whenever there's a certain, whenever there's news about the wars that come up or, or really even Marvel stuff, any of this geek stuff, I will defer a lot of times. Like, I wonder what Scott thinks of this. And a lot of times we'll end up having a discussion that does not go on any microphone at all, other than just the, what's being tracked by the NSA or what have you. You know, I don't want to derail this, but I'm going to. Okay. Because I just got to thinking about this when you just mentioned this. You do realize we picked the perfect night to do this. Why is that? Because I think any second now, the final Spider-Man trailer is coming out. Oh, shut your mouth. Really? No, I think I think it just debuted about eight minutes ago in Los Angeles. Oh. And I think it, it'll drop online shortly thereafter. I, I, I wonder on what channel. Would that be on the Marvel Official I, I think it'll be. YouTube? I think it'll drop on YouTube. Okay. I'm sure it'll drop on Twitter because everything drops on Twitter. Well, what a including self-esteem and. You know. <laughs> That's right. Well, in the words of of uh, in the words of Davy Jones, what fortuitous circumstances be this? This great mm -hmm. man. All right. I, I'm guessing. I'm thinking. And you know, they're supposed to have a big event with big surprises, and the rumor is Charlie Cox is going to be at the event. Wow. Well, that's exciting times. Um, See? Yeah, that's I didn't I had no idea that was going on tonight. Yeah. Sincerely, I had no idea. Um, yep. I, I don't really keep up with the I don't keep up with the news of stuff like I used to. It usually just kind of falls in oh. my lap and, and that sort See, of thing. So I have a news feed living in my house now. Right. I am paying for a news feed <laughs> to go to college right now. <laughs> So I take advantage of that fact. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I have about a thousand messages on Twitter directing me to different news stories. When when that, he it, does he ever tell you this stuff in person, or does he just kind of like no. okay? Because no, I would but, love it. I would love it, it if he ran in and said, "Hey, Dad, uh, there's a there's a big Spider Man event happening tonight, and rumor has it that there's going to be a new Spider Man Far From Home trailer, or uh, what is it, No Way Home trailer uh, yeah. tonight." I'm Garrison Rifen. That's what I hoped he would do every time. <laughs> you know, I think, I don't want to ruin his, his secret here, but I think, you know how, like when they did the prequels, they only recorded one version of the main title yes, sequence for yes. Star Wars and used them for all three of them? So he just splices it in? Yeah, I think that's the same I'm Garrison Rifen every day, but it's the greatest it, I'm it Garrison works. Rifen ever. It does work. Uh, let me tell you something. At, all the times I came to your house, the kids said not a word and and would mumble generally that's not well you know what he was saying what's that i'm mm. garrison rifle oh okay yeah <laughs> and then when i tune in to the iheart radio one one random morning as i'm mm. traveling back from a bible study at church or something to to listen to you 
uh, I'm, it's in the news break, and here's this dude doing the local news. And at the end, he's like, I'm Garrison Rifen. And I'm like, what? How in the world does he talk like that? And then the other night on the Deuce cast, when you guys came on, he was fired up after that ball game. And <laughs> he came on. He came in. He was, as the old saying says, draw back like a flip. And, and like, I've never seen so much energy and passion out of the kid before in my life. It was awesome. So he's good, but you got to get him wound up. Well, he was, I, I think there was a bad call or something that he was really wound up about that night, apparently. Mm. So he's, uh, he's very good. You got to get him wound up. Anyway, I didn't want to take you off, off track, but no. it may well be that during this discussion, we may have to start live streaming about this trailer. Well, that'll be awesome. I'm happy to do that. And, uh, and yeah. we'll see. Daniel Lenny says, Is this the one with Michael Keaton? Um, yes, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. In fact, yeah. I was going to, I was going to, I know he's, I know he's trying to make a Batman flash joke there, but, um, but the but. truth of the matter is, is maybe very well, yeah. very well may be. Um, anyway, my point is what I want you, what I want to come away with is this Scott, mm. is that you are indeed much more of a gracious friend to me than I am to you. I'll admit that when you're on oh, other podcasts it. and stuff. And and the way that you will spend two or three minutes talking about me, um, and and I, <laughs> I on the other hand, in my attempt to try to be, it really came down to, the, I, it was almost like uh, like when when you've got to make yourself cry, and so you stick a tack in your pocket and just kind of poke your leg with it to try to get some tears to squirt out or something, you know, as you've seen. Mm. That's kind of what I was, I was just kind of biting my tongue really hard to not derail Riley that night because I just, I feel like, and Riley knows this, I joke about how Riley doesn't like me anymore, but there's a little truth in every joke. And so the last thing I wanted to do was go on his show and the minute he mentioned Scott Ryan, I'd be like, well, let me tell you about what Scott Ryan probably had to say about this, you know? <laughs> Well, I'm not asking, but I'm not asking for that. I'm just kind of asking for an acknowledgement that that I'm not beneath recognition or I, notice. I feel all. like I feel like the excited right was that. Did you really feel that right? Was that excited? Well, yeah, because I was like, right, right. It was a double right, oh. which means you know. The, the funny thing is, every time you recap it, it gets more hyped. Right, right. You know? <laughs> You're exactly right. Yeah. Everything you said is correct. Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. I, I withdraw the complaint. <laughs> well, listen, you've heard the audio evidence, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard my side of the story. You've heard oh, Scott's side of the story. I have one more clip. Oh, great. Well, let's hear it. I have my one more version of this oh, last Oh, good. Thing. Okay. Now, let me let me listen through this, because I, I picked out... I didn't pick out everything. I picked out what was important. Okay. Scott Reifen was on with us, and I, I just... To me, I was blown away. I loved it. But it kind of in the same way, it didn't really sink in in the same way as I'm sure as it did for Scott, an original trilogy guy. And he's so moved by that um, by that trailer and the sort of epic, you know, heavy kettle drum version of the right. of the main yeah. theme yeah. as 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 the kind of iconic imagery of the um, the characters and the vehicles and the the visuals that represent a mythology that defined a generation and that they leaned into that so so heavily and i think that honestly oh considering <laughs> considering the, the divisiveness of the uh preceding films there it was there it was you hear that 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. I was. That was not you. That was me acknowledging Riley's point at well, that now, point. Now I'm starting to listening to back to it. Now I'm starting to kind of come to your side on this. That's right. Why don't I just interrupt him and derail the whole show? Well, it's not even that. It's just like it's like, and and you know, you know, we desperately love that kid, but. I mean, it's like a pitcher with a four-hour wind-up for a pitch. <laughs> That's right. Man. See, here's what I think happened. I think you were listening through the first time, and you got overly sensitive about the first time when I didn't respond enthusiastically. And so then the second time, you're like, well, he better say something this time good, or, or whatever the case may be. Or something in English, yeah. Right, right. And and so, but Riley, right, right. But Riley was the... <laughs> now I sound like a chihuahua. Right, right. Um... <laughs> But I think that I think I think the idea was there on that second part is is Riley did talk a lot about he mentioned your reaction, which I want to ask you about, by the way. And Mm. then uh, and and then he proceeded to talk about kind of the general uh, situation with the rest of that trailer. Did you have an emotional reaction to the Rise of Skywalker trailer music? I think I well, it wasn't the music. If you listen to what see, you weren't even listening to what he was saying. But again, I now listening back to it, I kind of understand why you weren't listening to everything he was he saying. He said you had an emotional reaction to that music to the, to the trailer, right? And then he started listing the different things about the trailer, including but not limited to the music. I felt like it was all about the music. No, 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 it, no. It was it really the the response to that trailer was a couple of things, and I did. I had a very emotional response to that trailer. Did you cry? Um, no. Okay. I don't, I don't. I mean, I. It, it takes a lot to cry. Let me tell you something. I had a medical procedure last week. Mm-hmm. If I didn't cry during that, no, I'm oh. crying. Well, it takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry, is what Bob Dylan said. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, I I did. I had a really re- emotional reaction to it because. Uh, first off, I got the sense that they were going to fix a few things that were broken. Sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then the emperor comes back Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, okay, you're, you're, you're helping me out here. You're trying to bring me back home because I was off the reservation after last year. And I think you were off the reservation. We started to get off the reservation at force awakens. Right. Um, but I got really off the reservation after last Jedi and, um, I felt like, oh, this is going to, and, and I'll be honest with you, as far as Rise of Skywalker goes, I love that goofy ass movie. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I, but it's, it, it, in the, in the way that every, like when you go to somebody's house and they've got a little toddler mm-hmm. who's just <laughs> trying to monopolize your attention and get your attention and impress you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, but I'm trying to talk to your mom and dad here. And he's like, no, pay attention to me. That's, that's Rise of Skywalker. It's like, it is doing everything it can to make sure you're happy. Yeah, yeah, and doing everything it can to please everybody in the room. Right. Yeah, that's and and, that, and that's and that's you know that's the cause of a lot of its failure. Mm-hmm. But I I love it because of that. I love it because it is it's like look we know that we have to please every single Star Wars fan here, <laughs> and we know that may not be the task. It may not be possible, but we're gonna do it. We're anyway. gonna we're gonna do our darndest. Yeah. yeah. It, and and they really did. I, I mm-hmm. still I still submit like one of the coolest things to me about that movie that I think could have been so much cooler given a good second chapter to the sequel trilogy, and I say mm-hmm. that unashamedly, um, was the quest aspect. You know, they're looking for yes. the wayfinder. It's something that really hadn't been done in a Star yep. Wars film to that point. You know, we'd had the adventure, 
but we hadn't had the quest to find something, you know, and, and I thought that was a really cool aspect. But it is it was funny because even watching it the the night we, we went and saw it, Haley and I with John Eddie Lowe and his wife and family, um I, I was sitting there and when she pulls out the dagger and looks across the horizon at the death you know, the crash death star in the ocean, I was mm. like, Well, there's Goonies. That's Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> and then when when uh and and then on the second on subsequent viewings, when you hear Lando come across, say, "No, Poe, we're here, we're all here." I'm like, somebody saw Endgame, and then <laughs> I wish they had seen uh, Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> snap it all, snap it all to death. <laughs> oh well, no, no, no! But just like you know, I, I did the uh, the Around the Galaxy cat with Pete Fletcher, mm-hmm. and uh, that was interesting because he was he was deliberately reaching out to me because I was a guy who had been shunned by a bunch of people, uh, of the left, we'll say on Twitter. Right. Right. And I am, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm kind of an outspoken conservative. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he, he, he and I kind of found each other because he blocked me on Twitter. Oh, sweet. (laughs) And I don't know what I did to this day. I don't know what I did, but it, you know, invited me on the show to kind of say, you know, left and right can get along. Let's do this. And, um, so I went on on uh, that program and he started, you know, he started kind of getting into the why don't you like Last Jedi thing, which I, I felt like was kind of, you know, we're going to try and go somewhere and make something out of it. That And I threw I, I think I I threw him a curveball. Because I, I pointed out, you know, one of the biggest problems I have with Last Jedi, not even treatment of Luke and all that other stuff. It is that the movie ends. Yeah, it just ends. Yep. It's just over. Mm. And and you want to talk about, you know, why didn't Rise of Skywalker have all the anticipation in the big opening weekend? That, I mean, it had a big opening weekend, but it was a lower opening weekend than Last Jedi. Well, after you have Force Awakens, you, oh, well, gosh, we've got this whole new setup and this new storyline, and we want to find out what happens next. So Last Jedi gets this. And then Last Jedi is just over. And there's nothing, you know, at the end of Empire Strikes Back, holy cow. Solo's in a block of carbonite. Luke's got his hand chopped off. Darth Vader might be his father. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now we got to wait three years, to, and we're going <laughs> to talk about this for three years. Yeah, and that we're going to explode to see this next movie. And even even you know the, the prequel tr- trilogy had the the promise of we're getting Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. Sure. It we're did. getting we're getting the betrayal of the of the of the Republic. We're getting you know. We're going to get the emperor in some way. We're getting all this. So again, we had three years to just talk about and go, holy cow, what we're anticipating in this. At the end of Infinity War, you got the snap. And everybody is going, what? We just lost half the world, half the heroes. Spider-Man disappeared. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so for a year, everybody's talking about Infinity War and holy cow, what happens next? Yeah. And then the last Jedi ends, and they go, "Oh, this is nice. It ended." It, and it did end. Like obviously, there was the idea of can the resistance survive and everything, but yeah, but Snoke is dead. Yeah. You know, it. Luke is dead. Uh, you know, all this other <laughs> stuff. And but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And it fizzled. It was a fizzled out ending too. Yeah. Like it wasn't an exciting kind of. No. Cliffhanger conclusion. Luke's literally hanging over yeah. empty space at the end of um, at the end of Empire Strikes. Of course, the first yeah. time my wife, well, not the first time when we went last year during the whole pandemic stuff and saw Empire in the theater, um, 
we were sitting there and, and when Luke's hanging upside down underneath Cloud City, she's like, oh, so it kind of ends for Luke the way it started, hanging upside down. Nice. And I'm like, I have never thought of that. Nice. <laughs> and see, I was always, that scene always strikes me as being the, uh, a biblical thing. A father, why have you forsaken me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he reaches, you know, he calls out to Ben and Ben doesn't come. Mm-hmm. He reaches up to heaven and heaven literally closes its door on him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he has, he, yeah, he's definitely fallen into the pit for sure. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's hanging over. He's, he is, he is one, one, one straight leg away. From <laughs> <falling> into <laughs> but now, but now here's the other thing though. I fix, I can fix. Cause that's really the thing is when you walk out of the theater, you don't at the end of last, nobody who even enjoys the film has to, they have to admit that you do not walk out of that film going, Boy, I gotta know what happens next. Right? Yeah, of course not. You walk out of the film going, "All right, it's over." Um, but but Empire, you know, Episode Two, uh, Infinity War, they end with, "Holy cow, we got to find out what happens next." Mm-hmm. Now I can fix that movie. I mean, not the whole movie. I can fix the ending. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes. The movie ends like it did. They're on the Millennium Falcon trying to get away, you realize for some absurd reason that we've gone now four and a half hours of movie and Poe and Ray are just now meeting each other. Right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're all having cocktails and everything. And it, for some reason, again, why, visually, it always strikes me that it's more like the Ewok celebration footage when they've just got their butts handed to them and they mm-hmm. barely got away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yet, I, all I can see is like they're on the Falcon and then all of a sudden you cut and Lando's zooming his hands up there, you know, and um, so they're on the Falcon. <laughs> Lando's zooming his hands. You know what I'm talking I about. I do. Right? I know exactly what you're talking shot. about. He's talking to Chewie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did this in the ship and you wouldn't believe it. And I knocked your dish off. I'm sorry about the dish. I said, yeehaw. <laughs> I said, yeah. And then Nine Nun says, eh, 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 eh. That's all he's got. <laughs> you know, every time, like, Nine Nun will go on a podcast. And then I say, hey, what about that Lando guy? And I go, eh, yeah. and that's it. So, Mohani, Mohani, Mohani. So, okay, so they're on the Millennium Falcon. They're getting away. They're all milling about having cocktails and everything because they just escaped. Sure. Milling, and, uh, milling about having cocktails. That is, yeah. let me tell you something, sir. You said it. That It does have a more of a, it has the feeling it's, of that. It's a mixer. You know what it is? It's a high school football team who's no good and they know they're no good and they're back on the bus <laughs> after an away game that they lost. They're just ready to go to McDonald's and grab something to eat. They're happy to be just hanging out together. Okay. Now, they're there. And then all of a sudden, the lights kind of flicker and the radio crackles to life. And that recording that plays yes. on Fortnite yes. plays on the Falcon. Yeah. And they're all looking around like, what? And then you get the Falcon going off. You you iris down to the credits and boom, right. boom, boom. Da-da, da-da, da-da. Yeah, and don't go to back to the kids sweeping the floor. No, do not go back to the kids sweeping the floor. That is it. You The emperor's message, everybody's like, what? And then it goes. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. I would also add to that because, I mean, remember, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher passes a year before the movie's release, basically. Um you know, mm-hmm. and and there was there was plenty of time to to rearrange the way they did things with Luke and Leia and that sort of thing. 
But no, I, I don't. Ryan know. had made a masterpiece. But Steve, I understand. But I say you've got the ability. It's 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 doing away with one special effect and doing a pickup shot of mm-hmm. Luke standing up after he's fought after he's done his thing with Kylo to help those people get away. Luke standing up, walking away with lightsaber clipped to his belt, and you know that he's headed to go pull his pull his uh, X wing up and go join the fray. I like you know, that too. Like, like I, like I, I just—I feel like—I feel like they there was enough time for them to do that pickup shot to do away with the special effect of him disappearing, and then to have him meet his end in a in a different way in in, in Rise of Skywalker. I also think that you know that which brings me to the point of of how good it was in the second season of Mandalorian for Luke to get his Vader from Rogue One moment. Mm-hmm. As, as he comes chopping down those, exactly those what dark that is, troopers yeah. and everything. And I, I just, I thought that was wonderful which and I, glorious. Which I think is why they made those dark troopers robots. Yes. I still think they very much have a thing that you can't just go cutting through people. Right. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's why battle droids exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I just like the idea to, uh, uh, look, that that whole season finale was done so well. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the fight that Mandalorian, you know, that Mando had with the one dark trooper, barely escaping with his life, you know, and the rest of them getting sucked out into space and everything. And then, you know, and so as they're all back on the ship, you know, framming on the door, going to come in and it's like, there comes this one X-Wing and, and it was just this great reveal. It was just so deftly put together. I I was, I I just, I I thought it was just fantastic. Um, But anyhow, so yeah, I look, I totally agree with you. And you know, this on, on those, on those sequel trilogies and rise of Skywalker, you know, I'll be forever, ever that kid who was sitting in the theater next to his wife, who she looked at me when all those ships are on the screen showing up to help. Poe. I got sucked into it. How do you not love that? Yeah. It's listen. And I'm an easy sell. I don't Mm -hmm. go, I don't look to, to be disappointed. I don't go looking for, the plot holes or the, you know, or the, or the mistakes or, you know, I don't go in to be critical. I go in to be entertained and I want to be entertained. And, and, and Rise of Skywalker, quite frankly, did it for me. Now I haven't, as I told Riley on that episode, I haven't really revisited that much because I don't want to lose the, the, the goodwill that I have for it, you know? So, Mm. so I kind of, I kind of haven't gone back and And, revisited. And you know what else? I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I know I shouldn't, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to go here. Um, Ewoks serve a purpose. Are they crafts and commercial marketing? Yes, but they serve a story function. Porgs serve a special effects function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- and that's why to me they're just a hollow, hollow creation because it's like, ooh, we could put a special effect on these puffins and uh, turn them into some other creature, and then we can merchandise them. Right. Yeah. And there's no story function to the porgs. They're just there to be cutesy. Um, whereas Babu Frick plays a story role. Yes. Yeah. And, and I adore Babu night. Frick. Let me tell you something. I, this, I, I am disappointed with the sequel trilogy. We didn't get more time with Maz Kanata than we did. Mm-hmm. And that we didn't get more time with Babu Frick than we did. Yep. Babu Frick is someone that I wish he would have shown up in, in the force awakens. has been with them. And the other thing is, it's like, there was no need not to use R2 and 3PO more than R2 and 3PO got used in those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I've, I've, 
that's one of those drums I feel like I've beat till I'm black and blue beating on it. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. just I just feel there's so much that I even go back to the whole scene there on Canto Bite when they set the dog face the man face camel dog loose and and uh and and Rose is like, Now now it's been worth it, you know. And I'm like, Now it's worth it. Oh, Sorry. I was like, now it's worth it, but you left all those slave children, you know, back down there in the stables. Yeah, you're you're yeah. a good person, Rose. Way to go, good, uh, <laughs> good, good, good on you, good on you with yeah. your with your with your priorities straight and everything. You're so great for semi saving the horses, but leaving the kids behind. <laughs> that's, right. Awesome. that's right, that's right. Because you know, because they will wrangle up those man faced camel dogs again, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, they'll put them right, back. Yeah, they'll put them right back where they were. You know, mm-hmm. so but good on you, good on you to virtue signal to the galaxy how great you are. <laughs> um, but, but see, right there, God, oh, we're doing it. I'm sorry, I didn't I know, mean to do it's this. Okay, but but right there is to me the the central criticism I have of that film is that it is completely mired in 2017. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah. It is. Stylistically and in taste and in cultural touchstones, it is mired in 2017. And there's no other Star Wars movie save somebody's part in their hair that is mired in its year. They're timeless. That is why you can sit a kid down and show them Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Jedi, and there's no problem. They they're, they don't recognize that it's an old movie. Yep. Yeah. But this movie will is dated yeah, already. I, yeah, I don't think it's going to age very well. And I I don't, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Look, let 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 me let me just do a breakneck subject change on you here and okay. and while we're waiting on this, because I did kind of look around and see that apparently they're calling for an 8:30 release or they were, you know, some of the things speculating an 8:30. There it is. You talking about the trailer? Yeah, it's here. Just came okay. up 2 minutes ago. So, um it is on. It's on the Marvel. Wow, this is exciting, Scott. I hadn't done anything like this you. in a long time. And we were just talking about before we got going. There needs to be a Geek Out Loud revival. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, that's the watch trailer. Watch right. party. Did you I find it? That. I'm finding all these watch parties, but I'm not finding. Well, here you go. Let me here. I'll, I'm putting a link in the chat there for you. Put it in the chat. I have to figure out how to open the yeah. chat, and we'll be good. Because I'm. No, I'm put it over here I'm in a, the Mixler chat. Oh, the Mixler chat. No, I put oh. it in the Skype chat. I put it in the Skype okay, chat. Yeah, too. put it in the Skype chat because I can't. Well, it's I there, can't. buddy. It's there for you. Okay, there's there's Skype, and then there's some kind of a chat somewhere. <laughs> you should be able to. You know, there are times when I go, I don't feel like an old guy. Okay, and now times- <laughs> if you see if you see where our little conversation window is, there, it is. A, there you go. There's, okay. All right, I'm going to uh, I'm going to play this you count through. Me down. All right, I'm going to I'm I am zeroed out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just play this through with my volume up. Okay. And we're going to do that in, I'm going to go three, two, one, play. And when I say play, I'm going to hit play. So. How do we go? We go on, we go on three, two, one, then play. That's right. Go on one. We're going, we're going on play. We're going after, we're going which, three, two, one, then play. Which by the way. Yeah. You saw that news, right? Lethal Weapon 5? Mel Gibson stepping up and directing it. Yeah. Is that for real life? Yeah. Wow. Yes. In honor of the great Richard Donner. Well, he they were working on it. They were trying to get through the script process and apparently Donner said, "Hey, if I hey, if I kick the bucket while we're doing this, you got to take it over." And apparently he told his wife Lauren and mm-hmm. he told the studio the same thing. If I die during the process of this thing cuz I'm old, uh Mel should be directing this movie. And so apparently he is doing it. You know what, Scott? We we have not talked you and I. And I know we've got to talk Spider-Man. <laughs> Um, 
I, uh, I, I don't, um, I, I, we have not talked about Richard Donner on this show I know. and, 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 and he deserves, I should have, I should have dropped everything and done a Richard Donner tribute show when he passed because yes, he, he is worth, he is worth the discussion. And, and uh, that man was so nice to me. I can't even tell you. Yeah. And he had no reason to be nice to me. Well, you know what? And he just, look, if if nothing else, like you, just the story of him and Gene Hackman, when he talked to Gene Hackman into shaving his mustache for Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. you know, and Gene talk, and Hackman talks about him, you know, he's like, I, I shave my mustache. I'm like, hey, Donner, you got to shave yours now. And he reached up and he just peeled the fuck, fake mustache off. And Gene just laughs like, I loved him so much for that. You know, the kids, the kids from the Goonies, they had nothing but good things to say about Richard yeah. Donner. You know, and so anyhow. But let's do this Spider-Man right, No Way Spider-Man. Home official trailer. Okay. We're on YouTube and uh, on play. We'll do it. Three, two, one, play. Okay, here we go. Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. When you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. started getting some visitors from every universe hello Peter you're not Peter Parker I'm sorry what was your name again dr. Otto Octavius Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? There are others out there. We need to send them back. So, Scooby-Doo this crap. You know, all this is kind of your mess. I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. You're flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. Look, there has to be another way. There isn't. They're a danger to our universe. You're not gonna take this away from me. You're struggling to have everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. starting to come through and I can't stop him. To 
December 17th exclusively in movie theaters. Tickets on sale November 29th. Spider Monday. Oh, Spider Monday. Now, I'm, I'm kind of mad. Why is that? Because I really thought we were going to see the, the trio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to see Toby, Andrew, and, and uh, Tom there. It, they kept acting like they were building up to that, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it kept, yeah. I, is, here's the thing. I don't know that that's really going to happen. They're in the movie. Well, they, yeah, it's the worst kept secret, and that makes me think it may not end up being the truth. <laughs> but there, uh, there are definite, honest to goodness, confirmed set photos of the three of them on the set. Yeah, yeah. What about the Charlie Cox thing? Is that? I mean, look. Spoiler alert, yeah. everyone. I, I don't want to ruin anyone's fun, but I also know that, like, I this movie is so out of control. That I just don't know. I, I really think this has potential just to be one of those glorious messes, Scott. Yeah, I do too, and I hope it is. I hope that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I, hope, I mean, because you just revel in that. Yeah, yeah. It's it look. I mean, it's. I mean, it's like we don't like mud, but a pig. Put a pig in mud. That's right. I that's, would be a pig in that mud. That's right. <laughs> but let's uh, let, let's do this. Let's talk about a few things that stick out. Of course, you've got. Um, you know the the some of the stuff we've already seen with Doc Ock, but we saw officially Green Goblin looking like in its Willem Dafoe's voice at least mm-hmm. from from the original Spider Man. Uh, Doc Ock we've seen, and man, they they really over de-aged him almost. It seems like mm-hmm. he's got he's well, got he's got a kind of a shaggy look to him. In fact, they de-aged him so much. If you look at the the wrong shot, that he's got tarantulas all over his back. That's right. I mean, they really... Hey, throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. <laughs> throw you the whip, that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, but, but there was a shot, it was real quick, man, and it was Jamie Foxx's Electro. And, and he looked like Electro. And he looked like Electro. He had a bit of a suit on, but he had like the, the he had the, electri- the electricity came up around his head. Um, he had the, the points on his head. Right, like the points and everything. So I don't know if that's the actual suit or if it was what the electricity was doing, but uh, but yeah. Either way, either way, he looked like Electro, and I'm happy about that. Yeah. I did I, not like the look of Electro when they were making Spider-Man. I didn't either. I thought it was a little too weird, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, and I'm a fan of, of a, like, Electro to me is one of those classic villains anyway. That's like, mm-hmm. uh, obviously... You know his suit is weird. If you try, I guess if you try to put it on screen nowadays, but man, I, there's just that's an iconic look though. At the same time, yeah, I think so. they went. I think they went somewhere. And I think it. I mean, it looks like it's going to look good, and it looks like it's going to be representative. And that's the thing is, you know, some of these graphics, some of these visuals from the early Spider-Man comics are not going to translate to reality. Mm-hmm. But so what you want is something that's representative of that, something that evokes that, right? Um, and so it, one of the other interesting things to me is the rumor I'd heard was that they were going to do away with the goblin helmet entirely. And they obviously did not. Right. Um, Cause it's, it's straight up there. I, I will tell you this. I was a little shocked early on when I saw the Spider-Man in the black outfit, cause I thought they were bringing that venom over. Yeah. But I realized looking at it now, it's, it's him and his sorcery Spider-Man. Yeah. Outfit. It's, it's uh, yeah, there, there's magic to do. There's some kind of magic, something to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, the as as there's the scene with all the wind and, and stuff blowing around, and in the last trailer, 
I slowed it down and, and, and there was that it was shot from a different angle and it looked like there was a face and all of that. And so, you know, yeah, it was I, Sandman face. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I still haven't, I mean, I still hadn't heard anyone like confirm or deny that being Sandman, but there at the end of that, it looked like the sand was running off at the end of that shot around the one thirty four, one thirty five mark. Uh, it looks like doc Ock is actually going to lean into being good maybe and help him out. Perhaps, um, but yeah, that I I think you've definitely got Sandman there. Yeah. You know, you know, this movie kind of plays to me like it's a, uh, um, like a, a Kenner, the the Kenner era Batman assortment. Yeah, where you'd have <laughs> with like all the different Spider Man, yeah, yeah you'd have a couple of Batman, a couple of different <laughs> villains, and then like seventy eight different Batman Batman costumes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we've got the Iron Spider, we've got the yeah. Red and Blue Spider, we've got the yeah. Black Spider. Yep. And uh and, that, and then we'll have Toby and Yeah, and Andrew Toby and Andrew Spiders. Gar- yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, from you know, from your lips to God's ears, sir. Uh, I think so. I love the I love the little the little uh back and forth of Scooby Doo this crap. Yeah. And and Mary J or MJ's like I you know, how about that magic word please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kinda knowingly smiles and please, Scooby Doo this crap. I, I I also like I like Cumberbatch's Strange. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I I think he's a perfect choice. I think he's done wonderful with that character. Well, he's 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 got like Strange had an arrogance, and then Strange kind of went from arrogant in the comics to me over time went from arrogant to just mysterious. Mm-hmm. And he would speak in code and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but Cumberbatch's Strange still has that. Yes, I've learned my lesson about the arrogance, but it's still there. Right. I'm still I'm pretty just confident. To control it. Yeah, I'm still pretty confident in myself and, yeah. and and my station in life. I've pulled up this electro image. It's at two minutes even. Okay. Um and yeah, it's basically electricity around his face in the shape of the mask. He's got on some kind of suit that's channeling everything. Um, oh yeah, I see it. I see it. There's actually a, if you can look at a freeze frame right after that of him. Without the head right. gear at all, right? Yeah. So, but I still love. I love that they're doing that. This, I think, Scott. I think with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, one of the things that they've done so well is, even when they haven't given you or given the the fans like ripped directly from the comic pages, they come around somehow and give you something that you that you know that they know. And they're not necessarily ashamed of it. They just were trying to translate it differently to the to the screen. Whereas in the early 2000s, if you recall, all the X-Men were in black leather because, well, those yellow and blue suits just won't look good in real life, you know. And mm. and, and so it, it's it's just one of those things that, that kind of make me happy about the about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and what they've done with some of this stuff. Um, I'm interested in whatever the... There's obviously some MacGuffin that Peter has. Um, yeah, that box. The yeah. box, yeah, and uh, and and it it's going to do something. Yeah, that was the Sandman face. I didn't see that the first time yeah. around. Yep. Yeah, it's a straight up face. Yeah, right there at the, around the two fifteen, two sixteen mark, he is right there in it all. And the lizard. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I didn't know. I didn't. Wait, wait, lizard. Wait, I didn't see that. Go to two sixteen. Oh, yeah. is, I see the tail now. Yeah, I he was, was Spider Man. No, he was hopping around all through in, in a couple little shots there. So let's see. We got Sandman, Electro, Lizard, Doc Ock, Green Goblin. That's five. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Michael Keaton reprises this role as the Vulture, there's your six. Oh, oh, I see. I see where you're going there. You know, because Mysterio, much to your joy and, and happiness, is dead. I don't uh, think he is. You don't think he's really dead? No, G-Man and I were having that conversation the other day. I, I, I think there's a chance that he staged his own death because he's Mysterio. That's true. I, listen, I'm all for it. I'm here for Mysterio. You know me. Mm-hmm. I've, I've said this before. I absolutely disagree with your take on Mysterio. Um, <laughs> well, over time, you'll come around. I doubt I will. I've just always loved him so much. And so <laughs> I just, I, I did, but here's the thing. I like what they did in the, in the Far From Home movie. Yeah, I did too. Because because I like Mysterio once. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I can't. And it, 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 you know what really broke me? And it's probably not fair to Mysterio, but you know what really broke me? What's that? Was I, I experienced a few times of the complete upending of Spider-Man's life, mm-hmm. only to have it be Mysterio. Oh, okay, and then, yeah. And that's and to me, that's the problem is that, you know, it's the way to put the genie back in the bottles. Go, oh, it was just Mysterio. Right. Uh, but then when Kevin Smith did Daredevil, uh, and he totally, totally turned everything Daredevil upside down. And th- part of the joy of, of reading these books is to say, okay, wow, they poured everything out. How do they get it back into the bottle? Right. And when they did all that they did to Daredevil, and it was Mysterio. Yeah. I just, I was done. Yeah. I was just like, I can't do Mysterio anymore ever again. This is ridiculous. Oh. Well, see, I, let's see. I, of course, was introduced to Mysterio early on, like in in the old cartoon that we used to. Mm-hmm. The, really, the '66 cartoon that would that was playing in, you know, repeats, of course, and syndication. Yeah. And, and what about Quest Pro? As a kid, yeah. Then and then he was all over the the cover of Quest Pro and everything, which I never read. <laughs> but then um, there's that awesome, amazing Spider-Man cover done by Todd McFarlane that's just like Mysterio's head. Mm-hmm. And he's surrounded in the mist and everything, and Spider-Man's reflecting the helmet. That's one of my favorite covers of all time. I think it's three fourteen, mm-hmm. and um, but then he shows up at the beginning of the Return of the Sinister Six story in in Amazing Spider-Man, right after the Acts of Vengeance, and he you know does the illusion that there's been an earthquake and a bridge is out and stuff, just basically to rob a train. And Spider-Man shows up and he goes to thwip a web and it dissolves. And he's like, what in the world's going on? And he's like, my spider sense is dulled. And it's just the whole, the whole gimmick that he's got where he's got this fog and mist that he appears in that dulls Spider-Man's spider sense and can dissolve mm-hmm. his webbing. And, you know, and then, and then as technology has moved forward, you know, it's like, yes, obviously the tools at Mysterio's disposal are even better to work with. If, as long I don't know, as, though, because I understand he only likes to work with practical effects. Well, you know what? That can change. That's fine. Um, but I'm saying, Which, like, I just I just think there's a lot of ways you can go without going too upending everyone's life. And wasn't it Mysterio who basically called Wol- caused Wolverine to lash out and kill everybody in in the Old Man Logan series? Oh, golly. Spoiler no, alert. I, I only read that once. I did, too. I, I hated it so much. <laughs> I, because it was so... It was so depressing. Like, I mm. like, look, I'm okay with superheroes having to face and go through tragedy. Yeah. Um, but, but you like a win. Right. I mean, if, if I you love have a to win. suffer through all that, I mean, that, they're not called heroes for no reason. Right. Yeah. I, I'm okay with going through the tragedy of it all, but at the end of the day, they've got to come out on top. Yeah. They've um, got to win. Yeah. So, anyhow, back to this trailer, man. I like, look, I know that. 
I don't know that we've ever really seen. Maybe maybe Tobey Maguire Spider Man is the closest to the kind of the complete package in some ways of what Spider Man is. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people loved Into the Spider Verse, and I did too. But we still mm-hmm. didn't really get. We didn't get a full, well-rounded Peter Parker, you know, as we oh, know him well from rounded. the comic. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, any of those versions, you know, of a, of a Peter Parker that we've known him from the from from the uh, from the comics for so long. Um, you know, it, and that's you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Let me ask you this: What is your what is your Spider-Man era? What is your Spider-Man? Oh man, uh, the late '80s into the early '90s, so right mm-hmm. around the time of the wedding, um, mm-hmm. up through just before, really the into the kind of the late '90s, even a little bit to the identity crisis, not identity crisis, identity, identity theft crisis. and stuff. I I didn't, I wasn't there for the whole clone saga, and mm-hmm. but but I was in and out of the clone saga. Um, but really that Peter and Mary Jane that are just in love and Mm -hmm. he's, and you know, he goes out to visit Aunt May in Queens as often as he can. And she's now like running basically a boarding house for other people, you know, so she's not alone and she's got Nathan there, right? And Nathan's there and that sort of thing. So through the death of Nathan, um, Mm. but that just the kind of that era, the three, basically, you know, a lot of the Todd McFarlane, Tom DeFalco yeah, yeah, Era. yeah. Late two hundreds into the late three hundreds, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Late two hundreds is all that. Yeah, the Defalco and, and, and well, Defalco was the one who wrote with. No, no, it was a Michelini, wasn't it? It was mm-hmm. Michelini. Yeah, it was David Michelini and uh, and Todd McFarlane who did. Yeah, the late two hundreds into the early three hundreds. Right, right. Um, and that's a, that's a great. You know, mine mine's a little bit earlier, and it's uh, that's where I got Tom Defalco from. Tom Defalco wrote a lot of my era, mm-hmm. and Roger Stern. Yes, yeah. And the uh, you know Klaus Jansen and Ron Friends and those guys uh, doing the artwork. But at the same time, right when I was in the thick of all the Spider Man stuff, I was buying and reading. Uh, Marvel Tales started at at ground zero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Marvel Tales have been going for years and years, and they were doing Spider Man reprints for years, and then all of a sudden they went. Here's Amazing Fantasy 15. Mm. And then here's Spider-Man number one. Here's Spider-Man number two. So every month I'm buying, uh, you know, the regular Spider-Man titles of Peter Parker and the Amazing Spider-Man and Marvel Team Up. But I'm also buying uh, the next issue of Lee Ditko. Mm. And so that stuff really stuck with me, too. And and then when they shifted to Romita, which they continue doing. Uh, that stuff really spoke to me. I, I, and I think probably of all of it, Lee Romita is probably my, my favorite era mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. Yeah. But I love, I love the, uh, the Roger Stern era. And I, I do like that David Michelinie and, uh, and Todd McFarlane era. And, and I, I think one of the things that probably appeals to you as it appealed to me was I, 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 and I was trying to explain this to Garrison the other day. I really identified with, I mean, Spider-Man was my favorite because I, I, I identified with him. Yeah. Strongly, he was, you know, he was an outsider. He was a kid who, you know, things didn't go right for him, but he still found ways to do the right things. And then, uh, you know, he had this this ability and this way to kind of elevate himself. And uh, and, and so I, you know, I always identified with that. And so when, yeah, when he was settled down and he was happy with Mary Jane and everything, I know the writers hated it, but you know what? All of us who identified with Peter were like, he finally got something. Yeah, and and it was like that. Their relationship was so 
great because because they genuinely loved each other he genuinely loved her and they had their hard times i mean like there's a Mm -hmm. whole there's an issue that the cover is you know a santa claus ringing the bell out on the street and they're sitting there having been evicted you know and and so they have to go live with aunt may for a while and then they get their apartment in soho and 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 it's like it's like they're dealing with he's still dealing with real life stuff it's just not aunt may's medicine has to get to her but Doc Ock is keeping blacklisted, if I remember. Yes, because she would. I think she refused to sleep with a producer or something like that. Yeah, and so, and they wove stuff in there like that that was very, um, you know, kind of adult. You know, with an adult lean to it, but they didn't do it in such a way that it was like blatantly. No, you know what you saw. Younger was she refused to betray Peter. Right. You know, she's you're you're an 11, 12 year old kid reading this and it's like, oh, yeah, of course she loves him and he loves her and they're the best, you know, mm-hmm. and they were just a great couple. And like they're, they're they really were. They did a great job of those two getting together and doing the whole, you know, meet cute, you know, face it, Tiger, you've just hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. Will they want they will they want they to they get married and that was an event. And then and then where the rom com ends, they pick up and keep going. Yep. And and I just think that they did it so well and so respectfully, but they also, like I said, they still had their problems and their issues and everything. Mm-hmm. And and whenever they got in a fight, man, you worried about it. And that's what made the threat of Venom so palpable. Yes. Because he went after Mary Jane. And and then later on, like there's an issue, I don't remember it, it was not long after Venom, but like that's one of the reasons Spidey goes back to the red and blue for good is mm-hmm. because Mary Jane, she, can't, so she can't stand that black suit. She gets terrified of that black suit. Yep. And there was in, in McFarland's run on adjectiveless Spider-Man. I think he put him back in the black suit one time and there was a, there was a whole scene with them where she saw it and she kind of freaked out, had a, had like a panic attack. And so it's, it was real, but at the same time, there was still the fun and the whimsy and everything else that goes along mm-hmm. with it. So yeah, I, I, and I was just shocked as all get out when they're like, "We got to get rid of this marriage," you know. Yeah. And and now they're trying to bring it back. You know, they're they're working on it. Looks like bringing them back together. And and there's been some talk of like in the comic. I'm up six months behind because I'm on the unlimited, and we're yeah. in the and we're in the middle of Sinister War right now where I'm at. But there there's this little underlying hint of something's wrong we can just kind of something's something's just off and and so it, it, you, it seems like they're teasing that they're going to go back and undo one more day wow and 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 bring the marriage back you know which, you mean brand new day brand new day one more day whatever well yeah cause one more day was just a the sad thing is i thought i thought strasinski had a really neat run i mm-hmm. thought it was interesting i thought it was different uh, and then to close it out with one more day. Yeah. And that's, and the thing is, it's like, it made no sense. Like Peter's put in this position of I'll save your aunt. If you give up your marriage, well, why in the world does Mephisto want his marriage? You know what? Yeah. What is that? Why would Mephisto care about that? But then secondly, aunt may would never let that happen. No, exactly. Aunt may, if she knew of that, she would be furious yep. that those two would give up one another for her. 
you yep. know, and and two, of course, the original death of Aunt May around was it Spidey four hundred, I think, where mm-hmm. where she dies and she were, you know, she lets them know that she'd known all along. But she didn't just die; she died in a foil uh, in a uh, uh, die cut cover, right? <laughs> and of course, they undid all that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a holographic die cut, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking it was just gray. I, I remember the uh, there. I I feel like I remember the hologram of her tombstone being on the on the cover. Um, I was thinking that the die cut was the tombstone. It was just gray. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, I Amazing Spider-Man 400. Um, I think that was when it was. But like she lets him know that she knew all along and all this oh. stuff. And then then of course we can't keep Aunt May dead. And I just feel like, why not? You know, why? I, I love Aunt May, but you know, that's one of those tragedies that uh, that you're right. It was a die cut deal. I think there were holographic versions of it too. I felt like I don't know. Oh, there was a holographic know. version of almost everything at that point. Yeah, so. <laughs> the old hologram the was the die cut one with mm-hmm. the, that was cut out in the shape of the tombstone. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking at it right now. You're right, I, and I now remember this one. Um, but yeah, it just, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, that that was one of those missteps they made there in the early 2000s around the time when they wanted everybody to, I don't know what they wanted. I, I That was going to kind of be my question tonight before we got this awesome trailer. And I really do like this trailer, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I, I, I accepted, I think I might have even accepted before you that this is not necessarily Spider-Man. It's more Iron Boy. Um, mm-hmm. But once I kind of got past that and like, okay, he's he's coming to things differently than than the old Spider Man we all knew and loved forever did. But um, I, I yeah. was, and that to me that's one of the reasons I I, I kind of I liked the first one, but I went, but it's not Spider Man. Yeah, and it, then the second one was a lot more Spider Man. Yeah, and uh, including the uh, oh, what was the what was the uh, the monkey thing. The the night, night monkey. monkey night monkey yeah yeah that's classic Spider Man <laughs> yes. that is absolutely one hundred percent one of the screw ups that would happen to him. Well, when you consider like some of the supporting cast, like Ned, I mean that mm. immediately. I, I don't. He's he's only called Ned, and I've never really paid attention to the credits if he's cast as if he's if he's billed as Ned Leeds or not. I th- I think you he know? is. Well, Ned I mean, Leeds. he did end up with Betty. You know, so mm-hmm. for a time, um, but like he's got to, he's got to come a long way before he's gonna get in that hobgoblin outfit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I say that as one rotund man to you know to to a young rotund man that that's the case. I'm looking now. I'm at two twenty one on this trailer, man, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering. I, I'm assuming it's still the lizard, but there's just something about what I can make out of his face. I'm wondering if they might be doing scorpion. Um. You know, because Max Gargan was set up in in the original Homecoming. But are you saying are you saying in that that shot you think maybe of Scorpion? There's, yeah, there, well, no, no, it's I, it's it's the I lizard. It's the lizard. Okay, I mean, I do too. But I was just there was just and something you, about the look of him here when he, as he's jumping and, and stuff. I don't know. It, it kind of what, what what sells me on lizard is the head shape, and I never cared for that lizard head shape. Right. Right. And it looks like to me that lizard head shape. What what was that? Two. I'm at two twenty one right here okay. with uh with where he's leaping through the air a little bit and it's kind of done in slow motion. Yeah, I and guess it is the lizard. There's one though that shows him like landing on the on the uh, right. The that's a little work. bit earlier. Yeah, that's uh, and that's that says to me lizard. Yeah, 
I, I agree. I just, they're just from that angle. There was something like, is that really the scorpion? Yeah, at, at the 215 mark, 216. Yeah, no, his tail is moving too good. It's the lizard. His tail's moving yeah. too lizard like. So I feel like you can kind of see his face if you look quickly enough, too. Yeah. Yeah, I need to watch it slow down. I haven't really done that. I hadn't I hadn't slowed it on down to the point twenty five speed yet. Oh, there is one of those? You can go to the little <laughs> gear down at the bottom. Yeah. Of the of the thing oh, there. I see it. Playback and, speed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it'll oh, yeah. it'll play at a quarter speed. Yeah, we're going there. So I'm gonna look at that. So also let me pull let me let me embiggen this. Remember that yeah. phrase? Didn't that guy get canceled? Yeah. Uh yeah, Harry Knowles. Yeah. yeah, that is definitely the lizard, and it looks like he's rocking one arm. Really? Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's definitely unless his unless his arms really behind him weirdly. At yeah, uh, I thought that was a classic Marvel pose. Yeah, yeah, he's got two arms. It's just it's behind him really weirdly. At uh, let's see, at about two sixteen, two seventeen. You can really tell. The problem is, is yeah. There's two arms. My screen. At 216. I don't. I don't know if it's my my HD settings or what, but it doesn't seem to be. It's pixelating real bad, is what I'm saying. Yeah, mine mine doesn't look great when I blow it up, so I'm just doing yeah. normal size. Uh, but the good news is I've got a, like a 36 inch monitor, so I'm right, good. Right. Um, and yeah, there's definitely right arm down, left arm extended. Yep. Yep, and then tail behind that, and in the shot where I've got it freeze framed, you can very clearly see the face of Sandman back there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unless, unless it's the face of the uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer Galactus, but I don't. Well, think so. I don't think that's that's <laughs> what it is. The, at, <laughs> They're not ripping a hole into that universe yet. At the end of the trailer, when Doctor Strange is kind of freaking out, where we think we're going to see, like I did think we were going to see the other two Spider Men show up. Yeah, but you got those too. purple lines in the sky. It looks to be kind of like the. Did you finish Loki? Did you watch yeah, Loki? Yeah, I did. I did. It it looks like it looks like the universe is shattering, and it looks like the kind of the timeline at the same time. Now mm. that I'm pausing it, it looked. I thought it was more like the timeline, but now that I'm pausing, it, it looks like the universe is shattering, kind of like what was happening in uh, What If, um, mm-hmm. when when uh, Super Ultron was breaking through some of those planes of existence. Oh man, that shot that where you were talking about it maybe being the scorpion is a clear shot of the Sandman face. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it almost looks like if you remember in, in in Spider-Man 3, I mean Sandman was only doing what he was doing for good reasons. Mhm. Mm-hmm. He was not a bad guy. Yeah. Uh and this almost looks like he's trying to stop it. The look on his face. He he almost looks horrified. Like he's trying to stop Electro and yeah. Lizard maybe. I mean, I don't know if that's what that is, but if you if you look at that shot, two twenty to two twenty two, yeah, and I'm looking at it slowly, and he just looks it's it's he looks hard upset. to yeah. I see. I I might interpret that as him being mad. Could be, but he just looks horrified to me. Spider Man, no, jumping. Okay, Spider Man jumps over his fist though. Yeah. In the next shot. Yeah, I see him. He's swinging a fist there. Yeah. At Spider Man. Yeah, and Spidey's jumping over his fist. He's down, web swings, and then something crashes into all of that. But now, uh, you know, the the thing about there's something falling off of the... Somebody has put something up on top of the Statue of Liberty, apparently. 
Yeah, I think that looks like essential. Maybe that's a scaffolding for some repair work. Remember when they did that in the 80s? Mm-hmm. But it also looks like there's some kind of big, round, gigantic stopwatch. Yeah. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. Whatever that big, gigantic thing is. Yeah, I see it. And it's crashing through all that scaffolding. Right. There. And that's what causes MJ to fall. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see her die? I, I, surely not. They're not going to do no. that. They're not going to do that break her neck and then die thing. No, we've we've been there. Yeah. I don't, we don't need that again. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I I think they keep talking like this is Tom Holland's last outing as Spider Man. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't I don't know why he would do that. And of course, you've got the whole Sony and Disney thing that there's that ongoing tension and all. <laughs> but you know, and well, and and Sony Sony wants desperately to do MCU adjacent. Right. Well, I mean, like apparently spoiler alert at the end of the last venom movie of the post credit sequence was the J Jonah Jameson segment from the end of far from home. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess he got sucked into the same thing, whatever this is that happened in no way home, I think is what it sucks him into this world. Right. Well, at the end of the first venom at the end of the credits, you know, it said, meanwhile, another universe. And they did the whole into the spider verse trailer, Mm. kind of a button, almost like they did with the Avengers trailer at the end of captain america mm-hmm. first avenger um so I, I maybe they're just trying to have some continuity there but you know morbius you remember the morbius trailer um mm-hmm. michael keaton shows up in it yep and mm-hmm. they did it there, there was a featurette the other day out about morbius so i guess they're back on track with getting that out at some point um which that doesn't really fire me up but you know Apparently, gosh, I, spoiler alert for Eternals. I haven't seen it, Scott, and I don't really plan on going to see it. And so mm-hmm. I've been I've been very freewheeling with the spoilers as far as what's been revealed, you know, post-credit sequences and that sort of thing. Um, apparently, they go for it with the Celestials and all in, in Eternals, like big time. But um, there's a mid-credit sequence, and Eros shows up, uh, Star Fox, Mm-hmm. And I love it when something like that happens in these movies and on social media, everybody suddenly, you know, is an expert on this random D list character at best. And this changes everything. No, it, it really doesn't. Um, <laughs> you know, he was never really a, you know, he had his place, but he was never really a major player in the old Marvel comics or anything. Uh, but yeah. then, then the end credit sequence is someone talking and apparently, uh, blade. The, the blade, yeah, it's it's yeah. the new blade uh, talking. So I don't yeah, know. If I don't. I don't get blade with the Eternals, but well, I don't get <laughs> blade in the MCU necessarily. Uh, no, well, I mean, here's here's the thing. There are some read throughs I've done over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, remember when they used to publish the Marvel Essentials? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I I owned all of them except Conan. Mm-hmm. I own 175 Marvel Essential books. Wow. Uh, and I, that used to be a thing of me, of, of mine. I would, because I, because first off they were cheap mm-hmm. and they were just big slabs of comics. Right. And so right. I, I loved that idea. Did and I they, hated that they stopped them to do the Epic collection. <clears throat> were those in black and white? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we used to call them phone books. Right. Like the, like the showcase presents DC versions yeah. of those. Where yeah, the DC started that after they saw that Marvel was selling essentials like crazy. Okay. Yeah. And I and by the way, I also have every single DC showcase presents. Nice. Yeah. Um 
but I, what I loved about those was, you you know, again, you just pick them up and go through a just a whole raft of comics. They stopped them for the Epic Collection because they did them in color. But the problem is the Epic Collections are expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was part of the beauty of the Essentials was they were cheap. Right. And now they're doing these omnibuses. And the omnibuses and omnibuy, they're not cheap at all. Not at all. But no. uh, And they're doing some that you're like, why the heck does that need an omnibus? Right. Right. I'm and, and yeah, let me go ahead and say it. Dr. Afra doesn't need an omnibus. She doesn't need a series. She doesn't need to be in Star Wars, but anyhow. She doesn't need to be in Star Wars. They did an audio drama of her, mm-hmm. and I got through three minutes. Okay. And I was just, because she was like so cutesy and like snarking yeah. and talking back to Darth Vader. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I saw how this ended, and yeah. the guy got choked out hard. Right. Right. Why is that not happening to her the, ever? The, the the most anyone ever said in retort to Vader, in in some kind of smart aleck comeback, was when Boba Fett said, "And I quote: What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me." Yeah. You know that. Yeah. You know, and 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 uh, and that had weight because nobody talks to Vader even like that. Exactly. And Ugh. that was like, Boba Fett's a badass because he'll yeah. say that. <laughs> yes, right. So anyhow. And then she just sits there and gives him lip all the time. And it's just like, we're supposed to think this is cutesy and funny. And uh, again, you know my objection back in the day. Right. Before, Right before Mar- uh, Disney bought Star Wars, and a, little, a couple of years before, they started using the Lucas characters a lot. And they Darth Vader was always this cutesy, funny, you know, eaten... Mickey Mouse ice cream bars and riding Space Mountain and mm-hmm, yep. riding the carousel and all this other junk. And I hated it because they had made him so cutesy. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, that's because I'm like, you're supposed to think of him as being scary and menacing and dangerous. And, you know, I get once in a while you juxtapose that image with something that that's, you know, out of out of line with that. And it's funny. But they had made that like the order of the day for Vader. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then hyperspace hoopla. By the way, Where? speaking of speaking of hyperspace yeah. hoopla, did you see yeah. Stuffity's um, videos on YouTube? Real quick, shout out to Stuffity. Always does great work. Um, the Book of Boba Fett video. The Book of Boba Fett video. Yes, where he's where he's dancing. <laughs> yeah, respect. <laughs> <laughs> but before he ever did that one, he did. I mean, last year. He took the scene where in Mandalorian Boba Fett showing um the the like look at this. You know, he's showing that it's his armor. That it belong based on mm-hmm. the code in the in the armor and he pulls up that hologram of all the words and everything. Well, he says, Look at this and it and and stuff that he's stuck in there like a pic like the video of Boba Fett dancing. And so he's basically oh making Mando God. watch him dance with this video, you know, coming up off I his wrist that. and everything. I- I can't tell you how much I hate that. Yeah. But they finally they finally figured it out. But uh, but when Disney first bought Lucasfilm and everybody kept going, oh, Leia's the new Disney princess. And I'd go, no, Vader's the new Disney princess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they had him doing all the cutesy stuff. But uh, but they, you know, they got over that. They, I don't remember even why I brought that up, but there was a reason for it. Uh, we were talking about the uh, essentials and Blade and the read-through. Oh, yeah. I did all these read-throughs. Okay. So uh, I did a read-through of, of Tomb of Dracula back in the days of the Essentials. But in Marvel Unlimited, uh, last year, knowing Shang-Chi and his Eternals were coming out this year, I did read-throughs of both of them. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, let me just first say, we lost Gene Day way too soon. Hmm. His art run on Master of Kung Fu is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But Eternals was one of the worst things I've ever read in my entire <laughs> life. Poor Kirby. Uh, he was trying it, to do new gods for, for, yeah. for Marvel. Yeah, straight up he was doing new gods for Marvel. And it was, it was barely coherent. Mm-hmm. It was boring. Yeah, it was not. And, and this is remember, this is cheap Marvel days. This is the days of Marvel cheap, which means what? 17 pages of story per issue. Yeah. And still hard to get through. Yep. Yeah. I've had the, and, I had the same experience trying to go back and read them. Oh, so I, and I, I got through it. I slogged. Yeah. But it, it, it was it did not at all make me go, gosh, I've got to go see this movie. But you were starting to say that in, in about the, the comments on Blade, like there's a place for Blade in the Marvel Universe. Uh, no, well, just that I did a I did a read through of Master of Kung, or not Master of Kung, Tomb of Dracula, mm-hmm. and and Blade, he's he's in the Marvel universe. I mean, there are things yeah. there. Now, one of the things that you find when you do these read throughs, and I don't know if this occurred to you at all in doing any of these read throughs. When you do a whole series read through, you realize that that central tenet of comic writing is that we have to create the illusion of change without there actually being change. Right. Right. And you see them go, and now the status quo has changed. And when you're reading that every month and you see the status quo has changed, you go, holy cow. And then it's, you know, six months of your child life later, Mm -hmm. it gets restored and you're, oh, thank goodness it's back. Mm -hmm. But then when you're sitting here reading them, you know, it takes you 20 minutes because it's only 17 pages. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, the status quo has changed. Oh, never mind. It's back. Right. Yeah, it's it's a much different it, it it's like when I was watching uh for for a minute there on the NBC, not the Peacock app, but the NBC app, mm-hmm. the Incredible Hulk series was available to stream. Oh. And so Haley would go to bed and I would watch an episode of the Incredible Hulk, just one. Mm-hmm. You know, and it had commercial breaks and everything cuz it's a free app so they play commercials and they would go so they put commercials in at the commercial breaks and I'm sitting there watching it and and I'd done a watch through of a lot of it when they first came out on DVD and I was just going episode after episode after episode I'm like oh really this is kind of a slog but watching it over time letting the episode breathe having commercial break, like it is a show that was yeah. made to be weekly with mm-hmm. commercial breaks it was not made for streaming it was not made not for, for binging. binging and it's the same way with a lot of those old comics they're made to be monthly reads Yep. Grab one if you've never read it before. We'll explain enough to get you in and going, and we'll maybe put some footnotes here and there as you need mm-hmm. it. And yeah, and and the thing was, well, like Tomb of Dracula was like every twelve issues, like once a year, Dracula, we're gonna kill him this time for real, and he's never coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, clearly they can't just kill him this time for real; he's never coming back. But he's gone for three months. Yeah. Which, you know, in, in our time, reading it is like an hour. feels like forever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but in, in kid time, it's, yeah, it's forever. Yep. And then you go, oh, no, they, he actually came back. I can't believe it. Uh, I thought we were done with him. Yeah, we, but then, you know, he comes back in whatever way, and usually very poorly explained. But uh, Blade was, Blade was, I think, a reasonable and formidable addition to the Marvel Universe at that point. Now, he's got a lot of jive turkey sucker. That's what I was about. I was about to ask you in those days, was he not Mm -hmm. jive talking, Mm -hmm. you know, black exploitation kind of Mm -hmm. character? Um, As, as time went on, you know, look, I I think Wesley Snipes did a, did a ton of 
good things for Blade, but he'd already kind of edged, you know, gotten that edge and, and become kind of a cool Wolverine vampire killer in the comics by that time. But, you know, he's an Avenger now, like right now in the current lineup, he's, he's with the Avengers. That's bizarre. Um, well, they have like the whole idea is we've got our mystical side, you know, we've got our mystical people on the team. We've got our strength people on the team. We've got our technical people on the team. And we've got cap, um, <laughs> You know, who just, he's there to lead us and pull us all together because he's the one person that everyone will listen to, you know, that kind of. Yeah, well, you know, he, he started the Avengers, even though he didn't show up until issue four. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. People, it was the Avengers who thawed him out, by the way. Let's not yes, forget exactly. that. There was no shield that was thawing him out. I've been going through, you know, I've said this a million times. I've been going through, I'm up to like 1966 right now because I'm not reading super fast, but. But I'll every night I'll read a couple of comics from from that era, and I just try to read what was out that month, you know. And how are you doing that now with the revamp of the app? Uh, I am well because I'm not doing everything the way you were doing it. Mm. Um, I was uh, I was I, I'm just kind of I picked some stuff and got started, and then I just kind of watched the dates because they do have the release dates. Um, yeah, but you can't search by release date anymore. You can't, but, but as I'm reading, so let's say I'm at Tales to Astonish number 82. Mm-hmm. When I'm through with Tales to Astonish 82, I'll go ahead and start 83, so it'll be in my continue reading queue. Oh, and so I just keep idea. my I just keep my continue reading queue up to date. So I'm up to like July of 1966, and just to kind of give an idea of where that's at. That's, Spider, that's Amazing Spider-Man number 39. That's the iconic cover of the Green Goblin uh, with mm-hmm. Spider-Man tied up behind him and, you know, the mask is off and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Fantastic Four has just met the Black Panther. Uh, so he's been introduced. But I've been reading Strange Tales, which is interesting because it is, it's those, in, those, in those days you had like your Tales of Suspense and your Tales to Astonish and all, and they were two, you know this, but for the listener's mm-hmm. sake, there were two different stories in each book. And yep. so you might have Iron Man and Captain America in Tales of Suspense. And in Tales of Astonish, it would be Submariner and Hulk. Um, and then in Strange Tales, it is, of course, Doctor Strange, but also Nick Fury, director yep. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. And so you've got this spy action book juxtaposed next to this mystical, we're going to all these dimensions, fighting Dormammu every week. And one of the things, going back to the Doctor Strange talk earlier, one of the things that was just really funny to me is like Doctor Strange is doing all this crazy stuff. We I, I, like the first appearance of Eternity and everything is really cool mm. to see, you know. And the Dormammu has the Ancient One and and Baron Mordo and all this other stuff. Well, there's this we one of to me one of the iconic moments in our friendship is when I texted you about a particular comic book on the Marvel Unlimited app where our heroes go to dinner. Mm-hmm. And that's all the comic book is, is them going to dinner. And and the most action in this book is them fighting over who's going to get the check. Oh, you're talking about that, the Totally Awesome Hulk. Right, right. I forget yeah. which issue it was. Yeah, I, no, I... I, I know uh, you I saved my, it. I know time. you saved it there. You you keep it there as a, as a reference yeah. point. But I, there's a... I still remember where I was when you called me about that. <laughs> I was so infuriated because it was the dumbest thing ever because all they're doing is talking about 
the just they're just having basically these stupid leftist conversations. I'm sorry, that's yes. what it was. And they go to dinner together, and then they get in a fight over who's going to pay the check. So they're doing mm-hmm. superpowers of it. And I thought, oh, this is the biggest waste of time and a waste of a comic book and the waste of read ever. Well, Scott, I here is I was challenged in that thought process when I was reading Strange Tales issue. Uh, number, let me pull it up here real quick and just so I can get it right. Issue number 147. And uh, in the Nick Fury, he's he's fighting a force uh, called Them and AIM and all this other stuff's going on, you know, and Hydra's still around. In the Doctor Strange story, he is just getting off of a big battle with Dormammu and all this stuff. And so what we see Doctor Strange doing is going out to head to the to the grocery store and to the, to the pharmacy. <laughs> He's going to the pharmacy or something to get, to get some, some medicine that he needs or whatever. And, and he thwarts a robbery with, <laughs> with magic. And, um, and he conceals his, his look because he forgot to put on street clothes when he went out. So he just, he makes everyone think he uses super hypnosis to make everyone think that he looks normal. And uh, there's some there's uh, the landlord comes by. I, I don't know why the Sanctum Sanctorum has a landlord, but basically he's got some rent of, or maybe it's not a landlord. It's a building inspector, but he's got to get the building. He's got to get the Sanctum up to code. And it's like all this mundane stuff in the day of the life of Doctor Strange. The most mystical thing he does is check on the um, the 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 prison, the interdimensional prison where Mordo is to make sure Mordo's still there. And so we see him do that. We see him check in on Clea, the love of his life. Mm-hmm. And then, but everything, and I'm like, why is this better than a bunch of people? Well, he does, he does stop a robbery. <laughs> we do see him use his powers to check in on, we do see Baron Mordo. And there is a, there's a little bit of a conversation between those two where Mordo's, you know, declaring revenge. But here's the deal. At the end of that story, the ancient one shows up unexpectedly and says, the Kalu is coming. We need to prepare. This is going to be bad. And you're like, well, who is Kalu? Well, we don't know. Tune in next issue to find out what's going on. And I'm like, well, this is the definition of filler, but by God, at least they got my attention for next issue. I got to, I got to find out who this Kalu character is. And and see if Doctor Strange is going to be able to defeat him, and all, at the same time, it's a bit of a breather because I was sitting here thinking about man, Doctor Strange got put through the ringer for like eight episodes, yeah. eight issues in a row. He was worn out and tired. He he was unable to muster the strength of. He almost lost to Dormammu. He was kidnapped by this other lady, and you know, and and put into magical bonds and 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 blinded and all this. And it's like finally, it's like he gets to breathe, and he just needs to go to the pharmacy. For crying out loud! <laughs> and if, you know, in that sense, you kind of go, "I'm, I'm going to give him this one." Well, that's the thing; it has this quaint Stan Lee air about it. You know, mm. where where Stan Lee used to do those little snapshots at home, a day in the life of kind of stuff sometimes, and and it wasn't necessarily action packed, but it was still like. Oh, you know, so this is what's going on, you know, and, and, 
And like in the Fantastic Four, they might be sitting around, you know, Ben might be sitting around watching a football game and Johnny come in and give him a hot foot or something, you know, and those mm-hmm. two fight like they do and Sue come in, you boys need to go do something, you know, and and nothing really happens until the last three pages when they stumble into an adventure because Sue sent them on an errand to go mm. pick up groceries, you know, and now they've they've bumped into the Inhumans, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like... It, it, there was a quaintness to it, and I can imagine a little boy in the 60s reading this comic and being like, well, this is pretty cool. It'd be nice to live this life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, I, don't, I don't know that you got a lot of that with Superman. No. Uh, if you, you know, did, it was you always like didn't a... You didn't get Batman going to the store to buy a glass, a, a, a gallon of milk. No, the most, you might have Alfred do that, and he'd be like, sir, the, the Joker has showed up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry to bother you, sir. The Joker has showed up at the grocery store, and he's threatening to kill us all. Uh, holy, holy gallon of milk, Batman. Holy spoiled yeah. milk, Batman. You know. <laughs> holy utter, Batman. Holy utter. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. There's just, you know, I, I, I really was thinking before I knew about the Spider-Man trailer, which, by the way, once again, let me just say, Really dig it. Really hope yeah. it is that that mess that just you know that we. I love I love your example. I hope it's the mud that us geek pigs can just roll around in, <laughs> um, because I I'm enjoying it, man. There's uh, there's so many little shots here and there. I'm glad to see him swinging in the city again. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. all kinds of cool stuff. But um, but I I was going to ask you like I was going to just kind of get our conversation going tonight by going Scott. You know, after I proved my innocence, I was going to be like, Scott, why aren't comic books as good as they used to be? I was just going to go there and like, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to let's have some fun. And and that'll pull out some some classic stories that we both love to talk about. But I am excited we got to see the Spider-Man trailer. And I'm excited that uh, that that there's still, I think, some good stuff. I think the MCU does have some legs left on it. You know, no, no pun with Dr. Octopus intended. Um, I did skip Eternals and I'm sorry to spoil those, those post-credit sequences for everybody. Uh, I won't be skipping Spider-Man. Did you see Shang-Chi yet? Yes. What did you think of that? I liked it. I mean, it wasn't the greatest movie ever. It was kind of, it was kind of Marvel formula, but I liked, I liked it. Uh, it bears little to no resemblance to the book, which oh, I did a complete oh, read through on. Right, right, yeah. Um, but it, it's, uh, I thought it was enjoyable, and I thought that there was a lot of, you know, it was funny because as I was watching it, I turned to Garrison, who had already seen it, I think twice by the time I saw it opening weekend, and uh, I said, you know, a lot of this choreography, particularly the when they're on the, the bamboo scaffolding, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, there's a lot of Jackie in this. Well, Apparently the the stunt coordinator and yes. and the and the fight coordinators I mean the choreographers yep. they they that's intentional it's meant to be Jackie Chan it's, it's meant it to be his of, stunt it was one of his guys yeah and, and as I understand it's passed on now right and it's meant to um to keep that style alive like it is it yep. is it is a complete homage to that style of of yep. stunt work and fighting that Jackie Chan would do and. Yeah, and it, and it and it carried it off because, like I said, I, I turned to him. And that's when I got the lecture that it was one of his guys that yeah. did it. Well, <laughs> thanks. I'm Garrison Rifen. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you don't. You don't want to. You don't want to mess with him because when he researches something, he's a, his nickname should be Deep Dive. Well, that's oh, that'd be a great Joe name, wouldn't it? He's a GI Joe. 
deep dive. <laughs> I, I just look, I, but that's the geek gene, isn't it? Like you know, mm-hmm. it, I don't, I don't quite. Maybe it's age, you know. Maybe it's the low T that you accused me of earlier. I don't know, but it is. I don't do the deep dives like I used to, and and get mm-hmm. completely immersed like I used to. I no, will say I, this: I don't either. That that movie Shang Chi was really, or Shang Chi, was 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 really a a surprise to me, and I, because it exceeded your expectations. It 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 far exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Also. You know, we got to see Abomination with the fins on the head and blue trunks, you know, which yeah. I think. And Haley's like, why are you so excited about blue trunks? I'm like, let me show Cause you. Because you're, you're a Hulk guy. Yeah, let me show you. I think it's awesome. Um, but And and we got Trevor Slattery back. Yeah. And you know what? That went a long way for me yeah. of, of making Iron Man 3 better, which Iron Man 3 is a really good movie. I like Iron Man 3. I just, my issue was, and, and I admitted this from the get-go, I was too much of a fanboy because the, the, the reveal that he wasn't the Mandarin mm. ruined it for me on my first walkthrough, on my first watch-through, and, and I just would not let myself get over that. Everything else was great. I'm like, I just can't get over this one aspect. But then once I settled in with that and just kind of accepted it, it really is a good movie. It's, mm-hmm. It is a great cap to that trilogy, I think. And yeah, and I liked having Slattery. But you know what's funny, though, is, is uh, go back and watch Iron Man 1. And when he is in the caves, when, when uh, Tony's in the caves, there's 10 rings flags there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is, they they have done so much from minute one. You know, I always rave about how great Captain America, the first Avenger is because it was the first movie that really told me, by the way, we're really aware of this entire universe around us and we're going to make sure, you know, there's an entire universe here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's professor Horton's Android. Mm. <laughs> and you know, that Hydra right. hood ornament comes up front and center at the beginning of yep. it. And you know, there's just so many little things in captain America first Avenger. But when I did a rewatch of Iron Man and I watched the 10 rings logo back then, I was like, what? Yeah. You know, they, they, they were fully aware at some point that there w- it would be, you know, they had no idea that Iron Man would run away like it did. Of course but, not, no. But obviously they had in their heads, wouldn't it be neat if at some point we could do this? And then they set everything up for that. Well, I think during, during that first phase of movies, that, uh, you know, that was Kevin Feige's kind of mantra. Wouldn't it be neat if we can? Let's prepare. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do this like we're going to be able to. And and yeah. as and as things kept being successful, you know they just kept driving the, that ship, and you know and and we end up at Avengers, and then you know then it's off to the races from there. I, I re- you know that's really to me the litmus test for what was going to be able to come after was how well Avengers would do. Yep. And and that's one of those it's one of those touchstone movies. Yep. Where Absolutely. where you know it 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 signaled a change in the way that that studios approach filmmaking mostly to the detriment of a lot of things i think because because yeah. because they didn't understand the patience and the formula and and the willingness to work to get things right mm-hmm. and instead yeah. they you know instead they want to be like well we don't want to be like them or we want to do what they did and not be like them or we want to do what they did but we want to do it quicker and yeah. and, and a we lot we don't want to develop it right we don't want to take our time with it. And I think you saw that with DC. DC kept rushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They rushed 
into Justice League through Batman v Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing Sony. Sony has tried to rush it, but they've been stymied a few times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by now, Sony wanted to have Sinister Six out and done. Ugh. And I just don't um, understand how you do that. I, it's the same thing with Venom. I don't understand. Like, I saw Venom, but mm-hmm. I, I can't get away from you can't do Venom without Spider-Man. You can't do Venom yes. correctly without Spider-Man. Of course, totally granted, granted what they did is the same thing that the Green Lantern movie did with Ryan Reynolds is they went and threw in all of the new mythos that's been piled on to Venom in, you know, mm-hmm. subsequent years, you know, with the Null and the and and all of the space, you know, symbiotes and the god of the symbiotes and all that stuff. You know, and look, not for its better. It doesn't make it better when they do that. It it just it it's like Venom has to to me and I and, and I know I'm in the minority. I I'm sure I am. I just feel like Venom has to be tied to Spider-Man. No, you know, I'm with you on that. Uh, I totally agree. You know, otherwise um, Eddie Brock's character is is no good, and and I never liked Venom as an anti-hero anyway. Like yeah. Venom is a killer. You know, yes. uh, it, it's this thing of I think I think that there was a time where they weren't. I don't know. I I know we've got to wrap this thing up. I feel like there was a time, and it was around the time Venom was created and was getting popular that they were scared to let a villain be popular. And so they, so they started doing this thing of like venom doesn't hurt the innocent and all this other stuff. And, and, and so he becomes an anti-hero instead of just a straight up villain. They did the same thing a little bit with Dr. Doom, you know, like with doom 2099 and everything. It, it doom is suddenly this awesome, like champion of the people for real. And, and, and they took stuff that was naturally of their character and they uh-huh. amplified like that one part to kind of, Make them an anti-hero rather than a villain. I, I don't know that it's that they're scared to let a hero, uh, a villain, be a hero. But I think it's more that, I think it's more that it sells better. Yeah. Heroes just sell better than villains, uh, and so you you have a a villainous hero, and I think that's a you know a, a thing that that people like that that dark hero thing. Um, but you know they, the Punisher is not that different. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a he is a villain who is a hero. Yeah. Yeah, that. What was I watching the other day, or reading, or something? Maybe it was it was this thing. It was Cap from the MCU meets Cap from the comics, <laughs> and they're kind of talking to each other. And he's like, "Yeah, so this happened." And he's like, "Yeah," and then, and then, uh, and then Punisher shot um, whoever it was that Punisher killed in in Civil War, and he's like, "What were you doing with Punisher?" He's like, "Well." I didn't want him, but he seemed to be on our side, so he was down in the bunker with us, you know. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that whenever Cap and Punisher face off, I thought it was always a good Punisher was just a good foil for the other heroes, you know, like yep. he challenged their way of thinking and it was that thing that What about my thinking, it? Right. <laughs> What about my thinking? Uh, thinking. <laughs> he challenged her thinking. Congromit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he would. He did. It was the way Marvel would kind of present. You know what, Scott? Look, we need to end. It was, but it was Marvel doing not politics, but social issues. It was Marvel presenting ethical questions through their characters in a palatable way. How about that? And, mm, that's and, a good way to put it. And Punisher could do that as well as some other characters. But then when you hit the '90s, it was just a big free for all. Yes. And you had Dare, Dare, uh, you had Deadpool doing his best impersonation of She-Hulk. By the way, 
really excited about She-Hulk. I think I think She-Hulk will be fun, particularly if it's it seems to draw from the John Byrne series. Yeah, and I'm always in favor of that. Yes, indeed, especially that last little shot of "Don't make me angry." You wouldn't like me when I'm angry, and and Ruffalo is dressed like Bill Bixby from the show. I think it's <laughs> yeah. great, and then, and like the bit of the shot we got of her in the basically in the suit, you know, and what Jennifer Walters would wear as her She-Hulk suit looks like it. She stepped off the comic page. So yeah, that's what I like. That's yeah. I love that John Byrne series. That yep. was when I was early in my college career and I just, I ate it up. He's so much fun. She's the original breaking of the fourth wall. Anyway, yep. well, Scott, man, thanks so much. I, you've been doing everyone else's shows and I just wanted to get you on mine. So <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. Well, yours, yours is the show. Like I love all those other guys. I love doing everybody. I love, I love around uh, 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 that show's name. I can't remember. <laughs> Rule the Galaxy. Rule the Galaxy. I love. I love Joe. I love Rule the Galaxy. You know, I love Riley. Riley's yes. like the little brother who's a son. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, but but you know you anytime you want me, I'm here. Well, I appreciate that, and that's just it, right? And and we have good times. It's fun, and I'm so glad we stumbled into the Spider-Man trailer. I'm yes. really looking forward to that. Um, well, it hit me when I looked at you because you were talking about, you know, we were going to segue to something. And then I, it hit me when I looked at the clock. I was like, wait a minute, two minutes ago, the Spider-Man trailer. Was and I've, and I'll be LA. honest with you. I've just been playing it on loop here the whole time we've been talking and just kind of <laughs> just taking it in because I'm really I'm really liking it. But, um, yeah, look, I want to give a shout out. Rule the Galaxy Pod has been incredibly friendly and great to me. Joe and those guys has been wonderful and um, he actually, the last time you were on, he sent me the link to jump on because I said, I need to do a run in on Scott the way <laughs> Scott always does a run in on me on the deuce cast. And if you're not checking out the deuce cast, check those guys out. Those guys, those are, guys are wonderful too. Those guys are serious about their movies. And of course, give Riley some love on his farewell tour over at star Wars report. I think we said on my episode, I think it got, I think it aired where I was talking about, we used to call them the kids. Yeah. He and, did air. and he said that used to make him mad. Yeah, he said that. And the funniest thing is that that's that's how I found out about them was because I think it was the first day you and I hung out. Mm -hmm. And you said, hey, have you met the kids? Yeah, the kids. They're great, man. And he goes, well, they're twins, but they're not. Right, exactly, exactly. They're such good kids and such good people. And so, Yeah, they are. So we, we wish him the best as he goes on into all of his stuff. And, uh, of course, you can check out Scott on the iHeartRadio app, WGIG, uh, 98.7 FM, uh, down in Brunswick, Georgia. Check out Scott Money Sue Fridays from 7 to 10. And uh, is that right? 7 to 10? Yeah. 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 Eastern. Straight talk. 7 to 10 Eastern. That's right. Straight talk. Uh, you may hear the Dothan Bureau Chief Shaz call in. Or every now and again, if Scott's looking for a pathetic caller, I might just ring in. <laughs> you did call the other day. <laughs> for the sole purpose of being pathetic. You or, that's right. That's right. Well, I just, I love the fact that it's like, you were like, well, and you do a contest like that. It's all, it, comes, it becomes it's the most pathetic. And I'm like, oh, I've got a call now. He set me up. So, <laughs> self-deprecating no, humor? Is, What's Oh, yeah. When you do like the... You who do the, needs them? Why do I deserve this? Right. Prize. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's always disease and death and right. dismemberment. Oh, it just and, becomes and so sad. And, yeah. Yeah. Unemployment. People literally, they literally. I have done this because I got forced into some of these contests early in my career. Is why I refuse to do them when, now that it's my decision to make. And uh, you know, I would literally get calls from people angry. 
they're the people who won story wasn't as good as theirs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you know, I my so, and then they would recap all the horrible things that had happened to them again, angrily. You yep. know, and it's just like, oh, I can't yeah. do this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird job you have, man. To be honest with you, <laughs> it really is. But I but love yet, it. I love it. I do. I, I don't blame you. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome thing. So check Scott out and and look. If you, I guarantee you, my Star Wars story will be out there about once a year. There'll be a new episode posted. <laughs> And I got, I got one a couple of months ago. Night, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, Bray out there. And you never know. And listen, that in itself is a is an accomplishment. Cause, yeah, because if Riley's of cutting, <laughs> if Riley has had internet issues over the years, Adam Bray has not had internet ever. Um, <laughs> so. But uh, but yeah, check out my Star Wars story. I, I, have you done away completely with the Dinner for Geeks feed? Or no, no, the feed's still there, and uh, I I might have one more episode that's been recorded. I, you know, I put out an episode that we were doing we did this year. Yeah, I remember that. I was and excited. I think I, well, I did one at Christmas, and then I did one a couple months later. And I think I have one more to put out. Oh, and and, and really, if we ever get this thing going. We probably do it again. You know, I told you I had a medical procedure mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, and somebody, somebody in the chat was like, "Oh, did you have a? Uh, what is the thing called when you have? Oh, not a hysterectomy. What's the Col- colonoscopy? <laughs> no, no. What the guys? What the guys have? Vasectomy. Yeah, vasectomy. Oh. Yeah, and it wasn't that, but it was, it was in the same vicinity. Yeah, and um, so what I'll say is that that story is not a geek out loud story, right? But if we ever get the guys around the table again, that story is a dinner for geek story. Yeah. (laughs) You guys have fun with that one. (laughs) The email to tell me I was, I was innocent and Scott was wrong is geekoutonline at gmail.com. That's geekoutonline at gmail.com. And of course the Patreon, if you're in a position to help the channel out, we'd appreciate it. Patreon.com slash geekoutloud. We've got a YouTube thing going, which I suck at. Um, but I, I, I'm going to try to get to mediocre on that as well. So, uh, you know, just hang out with that Chewy's Cantina. If you're into the toy collecting and everything, check it out at uh, geekoutonline.com slash cantina. And if you want to be on the Facebook group with us, facebook.com slash group. And we appreciate everyone. I'm sorry, geekoutonline.com slash group. And we appreciate everyone who joins in and hangs out with us there. So that's going to do it for us for Scott Rifen. I'm Steve Glosson. Until next time, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud. I was close enough to end there, so I just let it.